Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Friday, October 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. James Young, a music teacher in Ferguson Florissant Schools, is the first teacher in that district to be named Missouri's Teacher of the Year. I really feel like this is a large tribute to our community, um, our schools, students, staff, um, teachers that work hard. In just a few minutes, Young talks with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson about what inspired him to become a teacher and what it's like teaching during a pandemic. Testing a backlog of rape evidence kits across Missouri is about halfway finished. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports. When the Safe Kit initiative launched in 2019, there were three goals. Identifying how many untested rape kits existed, setting up a tracking system, and testing the kits. According to Attorney General Eric Schmidt, about half of the around 4,000 kits have been tested. The goal is to test the rest within the next year. For St. Louis, which has its own crime laboratory, there wasn't much of a current backlog to begin with. Mary Beth Carr is the assistant director of the St. Louis Police Crime Lab. She says the department did not have any untested kits dated between 1998 and April of 2018. We're not sending any rape kits to the Highway Patrol. We're not sending any testing as part of the SACI program. Carr says one part of the initiative the department finds helpful is the online tracking program. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Around 4,300 Missouri residents who can sign up for Medicaid as part of the health program's expansion have enrolled. The Missouri Independent reports that's out of more than 17,000 expansion applications the state has received since starting to accept them in August. Mo HealthNet's chief transformation officer, Kirk Matthews, told the state Senate committee yesterday that the 4,300 number is from earlier in the week and more applications are pending. Matthews is not sure how long it will take for those applications to be processed. He says the first to be processed under Medicaid expansion took place a week ago today. The state plans to issue a monthly report on enrollment numbers starting next month. Two more unions that represent Illinois employees who work in congregate care settings have agreed to Governor J.B. Pritzker's COVID vaccine mandate. Hannah Meisel has more. Governor Pritzker has now negotiated agreements for mandatory vaccines covering about 1,300 state employees who work in closed facilities like prisons, mental hospitals, and veterans' homes. But there's still no agreement with the state's largest public employee union, AFSCME, which represents thousands more state workers in congregate care settings. Pritzker announced the new agreements Thursday while appearing with President Joe Biden in Chicago's northwest suburbs. Every unvaccinated American has a choice to make. We can prepare for more tragic, senseless loss of life in the months to come, or we can get vaccinated. The unions agreed to the governor's vaccine mandate with narrow medical and religious exemptions. State workers in those unions who refuse to get their first shot by October 14th risk losing their jobs. I'm Hannah Meisel. A workforce development program will link 3,000 St. Louis area public school students to companies this year to reduce the shortage of skilled workers in the city. STL Works connects people to jobs in healthcare, advanced manufacturing, technology, and trades that require minimal training. Former Jennings School District Superintendent Art McCoy leads the initiative. He says it gives people a big start. 
and it changed their whole family's lives. They, many of them broke down crying and like, oh, you've created a new life pathway for me because they prepared themselves and they were dedicated towards going across the finish line. McCoy made those comments yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. A music teacher in the Ferguson Florissant School District is Missouri's Teacher of the Year. James Young was a student in the district and now teaches at the Johnson Wabash 6th Grade Center. He is the second African American to receive the honor since its inception in 1957. Young spoke with St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis Thompson about his role as an educator teaching during the pandemic and what the recognition means to him. It's been such a journey. I was really excited little nervous, <laughs> but also very honored because I really feel like this is a large tribute to our community, um, our schools, students, staff, um, teachers that work hard, but it's also a legacy. My grandmother retired from Ferguson Florissant School District and was my biggest mentor through college and even into my career. How did she shape and influence your love of music and teaching? I was in the Army for three years, and when I got out, worked some jobs and did some things, but I ended up at her house <laughs> and uh, as sort of a landing for me. And when I went back to school, um, she just really nurtured me. She really, I would say she helped me take my love for music and my passion for it, but then direct it in a way to serve the community. And that was a piece that I was missing. I was young and, you know, I was wanting fame. And she was like, well, why don't you consider this? So teaching isn't an easy job under normal circumstances. <laughs> But you add on a pandemic to the mix of that, and you've got your work cut out for you. Mm -hmm. How did you manage to successfully teach a music class virtually? Oh, boy. Uh, so, well, I'll, I'll have to give props uh, to my co-teacher at the time, uh, Judy Brown. Um, we were able to, to work, work it out together. And so that's always helpful. Teamwork. <laughs> it makes the dream work, as they say. <laughs> Um, there are challenges. There's the lag in Zoom. There's the, um, you know, some students didn't want to have their screens on um, or they wouldn't come off mute and actually share their voices. So what we ended up doing, we used an app called Flipgrid. And so we gave them their assignments and they could record them and send them in. And you would be amazed. Students that I saw later in person who were shy in person, they came to life on this app. And so um, that was one of the things we did. Uh, we also focused more and more on community and just staying connected and that importance of letting them know, I see you, I'm here for you, um, we're going to support each other and work through it. And so that's, that's one of the big pieces of what I like to teach. I mean, music is very important, but I know every student is not going to grow up to be a musician. But every student will grow up to have to stand in front of someone at some point and present themselves in the best light. What songs were you teaching your students virtually? Our theme was African moods. Um, and it was kind of going off the theme of the Lion King. It was kind of a spinoff of that. So we did uh, Sia Hamba, The Lion Sleeps Tonight, and I believe it was He Lives in You. And then with He Lives in You, it's just such a powerful song because it talks about legacy. He lives in you. Especially with that time in my life being uh, not too far from losing my grandmother, that really had an impact. We didn't plan it that way, but it's just interesting how things kind of 
lineup. So that song took on a new meaning for you. Oh, it did. In your What has this moment in time in particular taught you about yourself as an educator? It's taught me the importance of that human connection and building relationships with students, how that's priority and that's, you know, job number one. Um, and then the content comes in and is the outgrowth of those connections and those relationships. It's taught me the importance of not only believing that and feeling that for myself, but teaching students. Um, and that gets into more of like the social emotional learning and how important that is. All learning should go beyond the content and into this idea that, um, you know, we're human and we have very intricate and complex parts to us. And they all have to be reached in order for us to be whole. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I am out for the beginning of next week. The legend that is Jonathan All will handle podcast duties Monday. Sarah Fenton will be behind the microphone on Tuesday. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.